This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, we find ourselves in 2024. This is the slightly delayed New Year's bonus episode. We both want to wish you and yours a very happy and successful New Year. And of course, here's hoping for a much better year where pools are concerned. Before we get into any content, starting off with the review of Oldham. Jack, first and foremost, how are you and how was your Christmas and New Year? Yeah, Christmas was unbelievable. Thank you. Some much needed time with the family and the same can be said for the new year. You know, it was nice to have a break and fully recharge the batteries. And it's nice to be recording this New Year's bonus episode. Now you've stopped being a fanny and you've got over your cold. Um, but yeah, I hope the same can be said for yourself with your Christmas break and of course the new year. Sympathetic, sympathetic as ever, mate. But yeah, lovely Christmas. It was quiet, but I always say the quiet ones are best. Mm. And the save a new year, just a quiet night. But I enjoyed it both. Like you've said, I share your sentiment. It was nice to spend it with family, laugh, smile. Definitely. As you do. Well, we're not going to be really laughing and smiling for much of this episode. <laughs> I can well imagine. But... Let's start with a review of the Oldham game, which, of course, took place on the 30th of December. Now, it's got to the point where I think bookies are going to stop taking any bets if there are such things of pulls conceding within the first five minutes, because if that was the case, I don't think there would be many bookies left because everyone would be putting the mortgages on that case of uh, pulls to at least concede, um, but definitely pulls to concede inside five minutes. Davo, you did make the journey to Oldham. I decided not to. Um, I thought there was much better things, and I know I'll probably get slated for this, but much better things to do with me time. And let's be perfectly honest, it did turn out that way, didn't it? Um, Perhaps you can give us your thoughts on that Oldham clash. Where do I even start, Miss? At the end of the day, your decision not to go was right. I think you were very sensible in that. In terms of the performance, the basis of it, I've seen performances like this numerous times over the last couple of months, games where we've been allowed to have a lot of possession, a lot of time on the ball, but as ever, we get around the 18-yard box and it's as if we go, what do we do now? It's very uninspiring. There's no penetration and it's just far too passive. For the best part of that, not even the best part, for all of that game, we looked like individuals. There was nothing remotely that resembled a team. There was no togetherness, no passion, no fight. There was just nothing. And that, for me, is unforgivable. I don't mind Pools not winning games of football because at the end of the day, it's one of the outcomes of the game, win, lose, draw. But at the end of the day, when you step out onto the field at three o'clock, when you're backed by over 700 fans who've spent time, money, effort, at least just look like you're interested, look like you care. For me, there was absolutely nothing. And like you said, in typical Pools fashion, we concede a goal in, what, three, four minutes? Mm-hmm. No 
there was no David Ferguson. I don't know where he was for the first goal. The guy's been given acres of time and space to get on the ball. And in fairness to him, it's a great finish, but it's just it's just basic, stupid defensive errors. And then, like I say, we didn't look like scoring at any point in the game at all. And then to make matters worse, Mike Fondop. And if you are listening, mate, you're a prat. <laughs> I mean, fair enough, you've scored. I can I can get on board of it. But the fact that you've then decided for some stupid reason, you've done the Sue, which is pathetic, and then you've hopped over into the barrier and started parading around like an absolute idiot. Mm. And I think, for me, that just summed up the day, really. And then, obviously, after that, it was just the chance started. John Askey, get out of our club, which we'll touch on later. You're not fit to wear the shares. It just it was just a poor day at the office, mate. It was... A typical day of a Hartlepool United fan. I mean, that Fondop thing, I've seen it on Twitter, is absolutely pathetic, embarrassing. I mean, it's not it's not our fault you were absolutely awful when you played for us and couldn't finish your dinner if you tried. I mean, I'll never, ever forget that game against Blackpool, I think it was, in the FA Cup, mm-hmm. when he was throwing goal. And you can see everybody like with the hands on their heads like waiting for, is this the moment Fondop's actually going to finish something? And he doesn't. And then he's gone to Oldham and, and seemingly done very well there. You know, he seems to kind of found a place. And, you know, we have, as you say, yeah, obviously we don't want them scoring against us. But let's be perfectly honest about it. He does seem a completely different player since he's joined joined Oldham. He seems much more of a footballer than he was when he was at our football club. But just embarrassing. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, and I was surprised that I didn't see you flying down the stairs um, giving <laughs> to him. But as you say, I mean, to concede that quickly once again, and I've never seen a team concede that many, um, you know, so so frequently um, within a season. And funny enough, I, I'd gone for a quick walk with my dad before, before that... Um, before the game kicked off and we kind of joked, I think it was about 10 to three. And, um, you know, we joked about the fact that our pulls will be at least conceded or a couple down by the time we get back, which was, we were only going for a quick walk. And and sure enough, I picked up my phone and it said three Oldham score the opener. And it was just like, you honestly cannot believe it. And Richard Ward actually put a tweet out saying six games in a row we've conceded in the first 10 minutes, five of those within five minutes, shambolic defence. I mean, shambolic's putting it lightly, really. Um, For me, you know, I just think, as as a lot of fans have said, not fit to wear the shirt, disgrace, embarrassment, are all words I'd associate with it. Um. And, you know, you see a lot of the tweets come out. I mean, Nick Laughlin tweeted six routine and easy points for Oldham in a few days. Club is dying on its feet, on and off the pitch. Disgusting how Hartlepool United has been run over the last 18 months. People making the decisions should be hanging their heads in shame. But it's not their fault, is it? Dot, dot, dot. And I mean, I want to ask you your thoughts on this, Davo. Um, Nick Kennedy had commented and replied to this tweet saying, first time in about 40 years, I haven't followed a Pulse game. I had a lovely afternoon in a pub with friends and family, turned off all notifications and didn't give Pulse a second thought and had a great day. I think it's the way forward under the regime. And that sparked some debate, which we seen Jeff Stelling get involved with. Funny enough, he made a few comments, one of them, bugger the pub, support the club, no matter how tough things are. FFS um, and then Nick's come back saying try watching a few home games from different parts of the ground you might then read the room a little better and not criticise people it's not just on the pitch but off it as well the chairman has drained the life out of the club and the real fran- fans in inverted um, comments and uh, commas and Nick Laughlin's put unfortunately and very sadly that's how many genuine fans feel um, and like Jeff has gone on to say you know, that basically it's wrong that people are deciding not to go to the game. We should be getting behind people. Um, you know, it's not um, 
it's not the right thing to just stop going. And I wonder what your thoughts are, Davo, because for me, my personal opinion is I agree with Nick. I had a brilliant time not really looking at my phone. I mean, I expected polls to lose, which isn't great. It's not what we want at all, but it was nice just to do something different and spend some quality time with the family instead of going and having your day ruined and having spent all that money. I know that's what we do at football fans, but you alluded to it earlier about the fact that, you know, there is no effort from the players. We expect the bare minimum to be you fight for the shirt and you um, give it everything when you represent this football club of ours. And too often this season, we don't see that. And I just think it absolutely stinks, especially you know, with how tough things are for people around the Christmas period when there's a lot of um a lot of money going out um, you know, for, for different things, Christmas, et cetera, et cetera. What you know, what are your thoughts on it? Because for me, I, I'm very certain. Um, you know, Jeff saying Nick feel real fans feel the pain, make themselves watch however hard it is and keep supporting. That's what we all need to do, not go for lunch with the family instead, as someone said. That is not pulleys. I mean, what what were your thoughts reading that? It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, partially, I can understand where Jeff's coming from, you know, as fans get behind your team, support them and essentially just do what we can. But ultimately, I can also say the other side of that coin you know, I can firmly get on board with why people are not going anymore. You know, at the end of the day, the results are grim. The performances are grim with the way the club's been operated off the field as well. There's a lot of uncertainties. I can get on board. You know, people have a reason to say, I've had enough. You know, I'm doing this, this, that or the other. For example, I'm going to watch FC Hartlepool. It's, It's not a decision people make lightly or easily. I mean, I think I'll put that out there first and foremost. I think it's all a matter of opinion. You know, it's it's not about coming out and saying you're wrong for not going or you're right for going. It's it's down to individual choices and people mm. are a right to, to have their say on what they feel is best for them. It's it's at that point where sadly people in the terraces, like you've said, are making more effort going to the game than the people who are on it. And it's a tough one because you don't like to see a divide on the terraces, but sadly that's how it is at the minute. And I think for far too long, Pulls fans have stayed quiet and they've perhaps not really voiced things as much as they could do potentially. And I think it's come to a point now where we really, really need to make it known how unhappy we are. And if I think you make a brilliant point, the way you've put it there, we're all entitled to our opinions. We pay the money, so we decide whether we go type thing. And it doesn't mean that you're any less of a supporter because you don't go to the game. You can still support the lads, but by going, you know, you can support the lads and do something else in your time and perhaps go to go to the odd game or however it is. People, you know, we don't know how far people travel to each game. You know, for myself... If I'm travelling from home, it's a 200-mile round trip. Um, or if I'm living away with work, it's still a, a decent journey. Um, there's obviously the people in the town who it is naturally easier for, the people who have season tickets or whatever, um, and you know can easily get on the supporters coach or whatever. But at the end of the day, every single person who puts money at the football club or supports the club has a right to support them in the way that they feel is, is that way. And... Um, Sadly, I'm I'm aligned with a lot of people that, for me, at the minute, until something changes, I won't be as eager to get there. I'll still be supporting them through thick and thin. That will not change. But there's other things that, you know, are important in life as well. And when you're constantly let down by something week in, week out, you know, if it was anything else, you wouldn't go back to it. If, if you know, you're constantly let down by um, by an individual, like a friend or whatever, would they still be someone that you want to spend time with? 
that's you know that's another way of looking at it but let's move on now and and this was something that obviously <laughs> with the position that the football club's in at the minute and how everyone's feeling it's a difficult one to put out this tweet but because it was a new year's episode an end of year episode we have to um kind of do this it, it brings a lot of interesting comments conversations seeing different people's perspectives so we tweeted 2023 is nearly over and we want to know your sign of 2023 best game away day moment player of 2023 and hope for 2024 now before i get yours Davo, and do the same for myself i'm going to read out the contributions so there was a few, and I'm not surprised that Northwest Corner have replied, Phil's replied along the lines of, have you seen the state of 2023? Um, you know, moments of 2023, seriously. Um, but football devotion have put hope for 2024. We're taken over by new owners with a vision and a plan to take the club forward and the means and the ability to implement that. We appoint a management and coaching team who could mould a hard-working, competent and passionate team to compete and succeed in this division. Finally, and this really links in well with what I've just been saying, what we've just been discussing, I just want to enjoy going to polls again. We've got Ashley Pearson, uh, so he put Mancini as his signing of 2023. York away as best game of 2023. York away or Bradford, Away is the best away day. His moment is uh, the Dan Kemp hat-trick. And then player of 2023, it was either Kemp, Mancini or Manny D. And uh, this made me laugh. The hope for 2024. Now, I do apologise if I butcher his name. Sheikh Jassim turns attention to us after failing at Manchester United. <laughs> Thought that was a belter of a comment. Um, Richard Sligo... Manny D is his signing of 2023. We've got Grimsby away when Pools won 4 1. The moment was Grimsby away. Um, Dodds winner, sorry, away day was Grimsby away. Dodds winner um, at Donny was his moment of 2023. Um, the hope for 2024 was new owners, new life back into the club and avoid relegation and overhaul in the summer. And his signing of uh, sorry, player of 2023, I'm butchering this one, aren't I? Was um, Dan Kemp. Ben Robinson, signing of 2023, or Kemp. Game, Grimsby away. Away day, didn't go, but Grimsby looked great. Moment of 2023, top of the league after filed. Player, Dan Kemp. Hope 2024, Raj sells ASAP to great owners. Now this part, I'm afraid, Ben, is not going to happen. But these owners, he wanted to back John ASCII. We've then got Pit Yaka signing Manny D. Game Grimsby away, away day York. Moment Kemp Attrick at Grimsby. Player Danny Dodds. Hope club sold to decent buyers. Isaac Disarue, York away, York away, York away. Manny D again and then mid table. And Manny D. Grimsby away, Grimsby away, Crawley at home. Dan Kemp, and then finally, we keep a clean sheet. Now, I could go on, there's quite a lot, but the theme is new owners, owners who will actually back the manager um, and treat staff and players with respect. And I think that's, you know, where we're at really, isn't it? I think it's a sign of the times that nearly every single one featured that, that basically the uncertainty around the club is resolved as best it can be in the form of new owners and just to actually enjoy watching a football club again that actually want to perform and have genuine ambition. Now, Davo, who was your signing of 2023? It's a tough one. I think there's a common theme there with the likes of Mancini, Kemp, Desiree, all worthy people. I think I'm going to have to go with Desiree. His goals this season, especially when you look at where we are now, you know, mm. the way we started in August, his contributions in August have essentially been so pivotal. If we didn't have that August, if we didn't have 
the Manny Desiree goals, then God, we'd be even lower than we are already. So probably bottom think, of the league. Yeah, which is quite scary to think. But mm. on that basis, I'm going to go Manny D. That's fair enough. Difficult to argue. I think for me, it's Manny D or Dan Kemp. I mean, they say never fall in love with lone players, but Dan Kemp. I absolutely adored that blow. I thought he was fantastic. Like just such a talented footballer, and obviously, he um, that was echoed in his stats and reflected in his stats. I should say um, when he was obviously playing um, on loan, as he has been at Swindon. Um, I mean, uh, absolutely um, incredible stats. I can't. I need to find the tweet that that backs that up. Um, you know, he was just such, he had so much natural talent and he really wanted to be there as well, which was, which was always, always really good. And, you know, I think I'm sure he's going to go on to, to big things. I don't, I don't doubt that for, for one moment, an incredibly talented footballer. And I've just found the tweet there. So he played 27 games for Swindon, 16 goals and eight assists. So it's between him and Manny D. I couldn't. It's difficult not to look past Manny D. But Dan Kemp certainly um, needed a mention there. Your best game of twenty twenty three, please, Davo. I think I have to go to Grimsby away. The away end, unreal. The limbs. I think it's hard to look past. You know, you could arguably say Bradford. That was a good day. I'm trying to think of many more. Best game of 2020. I'll go with Grimsby. And would you say the same for your away day of 23? Oh, definitely. Away day, Grimsby away. Great, great result. Watching Dan Kemp tear Grimsby apart. Definitely, mate. Hard to look past them too. But as you mentioned, Bradford, I thought was fantastic. Um, you know, we were really up against it then and we put in such a, a spirited performance and you know, the team currently could take a leaf out of that performance, um, a leaf out of the players' books. And we turned up there and, and held the, I think they were up there as league leaders or, or near the top at the time anyway, um, when we when we got that point. What was your moment, would you say? Moment of 2023. I mean, I've got mine if you need 30 seconds. Go on. I think... The first six minutes at Chesterfield, we were just incredible to watch. I know it was only six minutes, but my word, they were the best six minutes of my life. It was absolutely, yeah, it was just class. Like I genuinely thought at that point, no one is stopping us. We're going to batter these by quite some way. So that would be my moment of the year. I would go... With the effort of being indifferent, I'm going to go the Dan Dodds goal away Doncaster. Oh, now that was unbelievable. That's a great shout, that. I think you'll probably agree, as will everyone, but watching that video back, the video that pans in to the away end and just watching that time and time again, watching the limbs, that guy right at the top who, after five seconds, disappears off the face of the air. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was a class moment in time, mate. Honestly, unreal. Player of the year. Player of twenty twenty three. I mean, again, I've got mine. Again, I think, I think it's going to be between Dan Kemp and Manny Desiree. Well, I personally am going to say, you know, for me signing, I've decided that it's going to be Dan Kemp just for the impact he had in such a short space of time. But my player of 2023, without doubt, Manny D, um, his goals, as you say, we just would not be above that drop zone without him, which is extremely, well, it's stark reality. It's extremely worrying, you know, that, that where the goals are going to come from and where we would be. Without, I mean, I doubt we'd have anyone even remotely interested in taking us over if we were in the bottom four, as in, like, really 
scraping the barrel at the bottom of the league. So I'm going to go with Manny D. But he's done it over a bit, you know, a long period of time with his goals and contributions. I say long period, it's not that long, but long enough. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll go with Manny Day for the for the same reasons, as I said previously, what you've just touched on there about his goals, the importance. Now, when you look back, you realise, you know, how invaluable his contributions have been. Hope for 2024 for me is we see the back of an individual who has absolutely ruined this football club. And I know a lot of people have heard me go on about Raj Singh many a time. And I know you're probably dying to smirk and laugh here, Davos, as I'm talking, um, because, you know, you've heard it a million and one times. But I really do hope that he doesn't screw us over and stops any potential takeover, because I really do think the death of this football club is a lot closer than many people realise. My hope is, as I've said, that he gets out of our football club, but most importantly, we have a group of individuals, or an individual if one comes in, who really wants to take this football club forward because I want to have a football club to support. I don't want to be not watching Hartlepool United as much as they do let us down um, quite often. It's the social side of things. It's the time with friends, um, family. It's going to different places in the country to watch the team, watch the lads and have those moments and make those memories that you do. So for me, I just hope that we have some stability and that the football club moves forward in a positive direction and come the end of this year, we're looking at a team that are successfully competing in the league and punching, if not where they should be, but punching above the weight. Um, so that's my hope. Davo, what are you feeling? I mean, that's one. The takeover, moving on Raj, moving on people in the boardroom, complete restructure of the football club. I think hope two. Sadly, survive. Keep our place in the National League. Let's hope this run, this torrid run of form turns. And I think lastly, maybe a run in the FA Trophy. Maybe finally get our day at Wembley. Seeing that sea of blue and white on Wembley way. I mean, yeah, I know it's the FA Trophy. I know it's not important, but I suppose it would be nice. I suppose it would be a well, one of the very few highs of this season. So I think that would be my three. Well, you're not, you're not asking for much then, are you really? No, I never do, mate. No, you don't. You're very, uh... Yeah, you don't ask for much in life, do you, Davos? But um... And that, of course, concludes that section. We have talked about the review of Oldham. We have talked about the chance that came out of that game and it leads us sadly you don't, you don't want to see the back of a manager and I think for a long time we actually believed that John Askey could be the man to guide us back to the Football League and certainly in August that's what everyone genuinely believed Davo if you could just read out the statement um, that Pools 
put out on Saturday evening after the Oldham game. I think we all knew it was coming, didn't we? We did, we did. Hartlepool United can confirm that club, the club, sorry, have parted ways with manager John Askey and assistant manager Mark Goodlad. The chairman, Raj Singh, stated this decision wasn't an easy one to make, but we feel it's necessary following our recent downturn in form. We thank John and Mark for their efforts during their time at Hartlepool and wish them the best of luck for their future endeavours. A, f- a further update, sorry, on our interim management team will be made in due course. And of course, we do have that update, which we will discuss in a little while. But firstly, let's just discuss the whole um, John Askey sacking, perhaps touch a little bit on his time at the club. And uh, and then we'll obviously move on to discuss the well the movements forward um, for the football club in terms of the management team. So, as I, as I said... We were all expecting. I think there was no chance that we could have kept Askey after the defeat at Oldham. I mean, how did you feel when you read the news? It's always, you know, it's all well and good wanting a manager out and, and you know, you've had enough of his tactics or whatever that might be, the way he manages, all that type of stuff. But for me, where I stand, and I know, again, it relates to the whole situation with Raj, but many people have commented on this. I do have a certain degree, and I'm not saying loads of sympathy, but I have a certain degree of sympathy with John Askey. His hands have very much been tied, I believe, um, and he hasn't had necessarily the resources in vast abundance that would enable him to be successful. I think even on occasions, having the bare minimum, I mean, having a deal, you look at the ins and outs of the um, you know the the players that we've had on one month deals have always been short term, haven't they? And I do have some sympathy with him, but for me, I mean, keeping David Ferguson as captain is a shocking decision, and that kind of reflects where he was at with his tactics. Um, I think you look at some of the substitutions the decisions he made through his time with that, the way he set us up to play, constantly perhaps sticking with a certain thing that just clearly isn't working. And I know we talk about having this identity at the football club with the way that we play, but surely you see what we see after, even if it's a little bit after us as supporters, you know, it's easier for us um, on the on a match day to see perhaps from a different angle the way we're watching the game or whatever. But you see the players week in, week out in training and obviously in matches as well. And to be coming out with comments every week saying, I don't really know what to do, basically, saying we've been working hard at defending when every single week it's the same old, same old, makes you think, well, have you actually even been training? Um, so, yeah, for me, it just had to happen. Sadly, a combination of his tactics and his... I I worry that perhaps he lost the dressing room a little bit as well. Um, it had to... It's a results business. I've been saying for long enough now, if it wasn't for the position that we found ourselves in um, off the pitch with so much insecurity, um, he would have gone quite some time ago. So, Dava, what were you... What are your thoughts? What were your feelings um, having seen the news actually come out? There was one part of me that was shocked, more so at the fact that Raj and the club have actually had the bottle to do it. We all knew as fans that time was ticking. We all knew that he was on borrowed time, but given his long contract, the financial repercussions of sacking John Askey, and Mark Goodlad, I just didn't think Raj would do it, purely based on that factor. But seeing it come through, you know, the corner flag picture, I wasn't surprised. I said in the weeks leading up to Christmas, something had to give. You can't go sacking players and terminating contracts. Sadly, you can't sack Raj. So the only person that you can change is your management team. And sadly, I did agree. After Oldham away, for me, his position was untenable. I don't say that easily because I remember and I quote saying on this podcast at the start of the season, if anyone can get us back to the Football League, then it's John. And I believe that then. 
But I just think over the last couple of months, the performances have been uninspiring. The results have been garbage. John Askey himself, towards the end, looked uninspiring. We've said numerous times in our group chat, and I think loads of people have said it on Twitter and Facebook, you you listen to him on his pre-match interview, you think, God, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful, but he comes across as such a boring, lethargic character. I don't know if that was down to just the fact that he was tired because of the fact that nothing was changing, whether he was fed up. I don't know. As ever, you pose with more questions than answers. You raised a good point. And if you remember, I asked the question after half an hour against Wilson, is this a team no longer playing for its manager? Mm-hmm. The last couple of games, well, the both Oldham games, more so the away one, I would ask that question again. Did he lose the dressing room? Has things been going on behind the scenes that we're not quite aware of? Look, you can go on and go on speculating about things like that. But at the end of the day, like you've said, football is a results business. And sadly, something had to change. And sadly, you know, the time was up for John. I don't know where we go moving forward. It's another new chapter, another new era at Hartlepool United. It's a big job. You know, you've mentioned yourself, you make a very good point. John came into the summer knowing fine well that he had huge wage earners on the books. We all know who. You know, he managed to bring in those very few permanent signings, but then it was a matter of Jameson on loan and then... It's been one month loan days, like you've alluded to, and the players he's tried to bring in to combat the defensive issues, just it haven't worked. They just haven't been good enough to steer us in the direction that we want to be in. Now, I don't know if that's down to man management or what, but only time will tell moving forward, starting with tomorrow's game against Oxford City. But, yeah, not shocked. But I do feel an ounce of sympathy for John with the way it's ended. This wasn't the journey we thought it was going to be, I think it's fair to say. Well, by the time this episode does go out, it will be today's game, because unfortunately, as time restrictions are, um, with certain things and the busy schedules we both leave, uh, lives we lead, um, perhaps me more than so than you, Davo, had to get that in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it will be out on, on Saturday morning but I, I agree with what you're saying there you, you've raised some really good points um, half of them that I've raised so of course they're good points <laughs> um, but yeah it, then the club just went quiet didn't it after that there was no New Year's message which I thought speaks volumes I thought it's extremely poor you know I'm not hung up about whether I'm really not bothered if you're wishing me a happy new year or not, but I think it's the actual, like you see every other football club do it. And the fact we didn't do it kind of says an awful lot about the place that we find ourselves in. Um, and then there was a few rumours going around want the, that there would be an announcement coming with the management. Um, and there were a few rumours about it indeed being Lenny Lawrence Um and of course, that that news came out again. Pulls extremely reactionary. The initial state statement that was released um, by the football club that came out um, was very short and sweet, and very much to the to the point. Um, you know, it literally said. Lenny Lawrence's name being named as caretaker manager ahead of Saturday's home fixture against Oxford City. The former Charlton Middlesbrough and Luton boss will be assisted by first team coach Anthony Sweeney. People took umbrage at the fact that there was hardly anything mentioned about perhaps the search for a, a new manager, etc. Whether we were looking to appoint someone long term. They then went and added something which says... Um, Lenny's attended the majority of games both last season and this season is assisting role for the club. As such, he knows the current playing squad and staff well. Anthony will continue to be out on the grass for training this week and during the correct preparations for the match against Oxford City made. The search for a new permanent manager is well underway and we hope to appoint someone in the near future. Well, I don't know. I'm just so uninspired by this. 
let's be perfectly honest, if you were a manager, you would and in the right frame of mind, you would not come to Arlypool. It's really sad to say that, but with the off field uncertainty, the current ownership, you just wouldn't do it. It'd be I hate to use this term, but a suicidal move. Um so I'll be really, really interested to see who does come on. But it's the most pose appointment ever. Appointing someone basically because they're already on the books and they know that no one else is going to come in for the foreseeable. Um, you know, the fact that they had to add that he's attended the majority of games both last season and this season um, and he knows the current playing squad and staff well, that's just to try and keep people quiet. Um, you know, for me, it's just really, really uninspiring. Really uninspiring that. I know he's interim and people go, oh, well, you've got to give him a chance. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. I don't know. It's just getting tedious at this point, isn't it? Of course, we have to keep getting behind the lads and the team, but I don't know. It comes to a point where you're extremely fed up. Davo, what were your thoughts on the appointment? <laughs> I was bewildered. I mean, I think we all came away from the statement that the club put out and we all probably thought, yeah, Sweeney will get the job and then someone will get the job and, you know, life will continue. But then the rumour circulated that Lenny Lawrence <laughs> would get the job and I couldn't quite believe it. I thought, surely not. But then when you sit back and you think, well, at the end of the day, this is Pools and this is Raj, it could be possible. And then it comes out that 76-year-old Lenny Lawrence would be the interim. I mean, I think... One of the comments says it all. I think it was Alan Doctor who said it, it looks like he's came from Merlin Manor. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant, that. And it does. I mean, look, I don't want to be disrespectful to Lenny. I mean, I don't know if you've watched it or if any of our listeners have watched his interview, but in fairness to him, he came across quite well. He seems up for us. I don't He so. seems motivated. You know, he seems quite, I don't want to use the word happy. But he seems quite content with the situation he's found himself in, being the interim. So I just hope with how good he's came across in his interview, I hope that translates onto the field tomorrow. I hope we can keep a clean sheet and do hope it's an emphatic win for Pools because it's fair to say we do all than one a good stuffing after what happened back in September, I think it was. But yeah, it's uh, it's strange, mate. It is very strange. <laughs> It's you've got to laugh or you cry, basically. Um, I was extremely just, I don't, I don't even know, I don't even know. Let's move on. Um, continuing with the positive theme of, um, you know, we're talking about deals and short term deals and stuff. Arlipool United can confirm four loan players have returned to the parent clubs following the end of their loan spells. Obviously, the fact that I said it was positive news was slightly ironic because. Looking at the current state of our defence, we're not in a position to be, you know, getting rid of players. We don't really have anyone to step up. But Charlie Siemens returned to Doncaster following the termination of his loan by mutual consent. The right-back made 16 appearances during the first half of the season, scoring twice. Joe Maddox's loan at the suit directors expired. Defenders gone back to Harrogate. Zach Johnson has also returned to Sunderland. Um, his loan spell being cut short by hamstring injury. Kieran Brennan from Wednesday has departed Pools after making five appearances and the statement reads, we thank all four players for their efforts and wish them the best of luck in the future. But all is well in the world. Eden Prouty has returned to Pools from his loan spell with Farnborough. The defender made 12 appearances in the National League South. As you can tell by how that came across, Eden Prouty is not an individual who inspires me nor fills me with much confidence but nor is the defense anyway so Davo for me I'd have loved to see Charlie Seaman return to the form that he showed and the performances that he put in initially Matic I wasn't too fussed on Johnson I think out of all of them was someone who I would have really liked to stay I know he got an injury um and then he's had a bit of a tough start really and he with some of the performances that the team have put in and some of the games that we've had but Brennan I think there was a player in there personally I do I do believe that um having spoken to some pals who are Wednesday fans they've 
you know, they said how he was a, he's actually a, a decent footballer. He's just completely lacking minutes and there is a very good player in there. But again, it, it's the kind of issue with such a short-term loan. You, you don't get to see the best and obviously that hasn't been extended. I mean, I, I would have kept two to three of those four that have gone if it was a possibility. I don't know what you were thinking, Devo. I mean, starting with those who I wouldn't keep, Joe Matic, no offence to him, he just didn't cut the must. And mm. at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, there's a reason why Harrogate have let him go out on loan. If he yeah. wasn't a good, decent player, then he'd be still at Harrogate. And that is just a matter of the fact. Charlie Seaman, I mean, I forgot about him. Mm. I know I know I've had speculation, which I'm not going to go into on this episode. I mean, on his day, really good player. We've seen that in August, scoring world, world-class world goals. Obviously, not to be. Zach Johnson, I think, showed good talents. I think he's shown good promise that he could be a good defender in the future. But I think, again, in no disrespect to Zach Johnson, we need experienced players at the end of the day, when we're in the situation we are now, when you're shipping goals, which, you know, we're sinking down the league, we need more than Zach Johnson. And Kieran Brennan, five appearances. I think it's hard to judge after five games. I mean, I don't think he did an awful, an awful lot wrong. But there again, on the other side of the coin, he didn't do anything, you know, Incredibly. awfully exciting. Uh, for me, I think the right decision's being made about sending them back to Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, we've heard on the grapevine today that there could be a Scottish defender joining us. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that is the start of a couple of January deals to be made. But only time will tell. And obviously, like you said, Elon Prout, he's returned. I mean, all I'm going to say is he can't be any worse than what we have. So <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> bring on Elon Prout, the asset. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with that, Kieran Brennan, it was only a short-term deal anyway. So, you know, we, we don't know whether Pools probably weren't bothered on him um, and perhaps looking to bring in other bodies. You know how Raj works. People have to go out before people come in. So only time will tell whether that was the right decision if we do get more bodies in. But from a, a point of view of not having anyone, I mean, it will be very interesting, won't it, to uh, to see the lineup. That um that comes out tomorrow when when pulls well I should say today by the time we get this out but um you know to see that line up let's go on to the predictions then for um, the Oxford City game we did put a poll out on Twitter um I will get the results up so there was hardly anyone who commented which I'm not really surprised um. There's a comment saying, just win, that's all we ask. Um, someone said Mancini and Gray both get one. Um, so 51.1% of the 186 votes went with three points. A draw, 15.6%, and defeat once again, 33.3%. I'll keep this brief because it has been an awful lot packed into an episode. Davo, oppose winning tomorrow, or today, I should say. Like I said just minutes ago, we owe them a stuffing. I think it's fair to say. But with injuries to Manny Desirue, Yamera, our forward options now are quite bleak. You're now relying on someone in Joe Gray, who I absolutely love. You know, his work rate, second to none. Sadly, I do see us conceding. I think that's just a matter of the fact. I'll go 2-1 pills. We are winning 2-1 pools. I'm not even going to give a goal-scoring prediction. I'll just say whoever turns up on the day in typical Davo fashion. Yes, you're not wrong. I mean, I'm going to disappoint listeners. I'm not even going to give a score prediction. <laughs> I think it'll be a draw. I hope I'm wrong, but I just have no confidence in was getting a result really um yeah we'll go with, we'll go with a draw let's just let's just hope we don't lose that's all i can say really i really 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 hope we don't lose cuz if if we do i don't even know don't even know what'll happen where we go you don't know talking. Talking. Yeah, go on. just stop talking about us <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, that does wrap up this episode of HFC Chat. When you're listening to it, it may be match day. It may be after match day. And you may be listening to some of this thinking, what were they even on about? Because it's no longer relevant. But we thank you once again for listening. As we start the episode with, we really do hope that, you know, it's a brilliant year for everyone concerned. Um, both in, in a post capacity and in, in your personal lives, listeners. Um, thank you for your support throughout 2023. It meant an awful lot. It was a big year for us. We actually got to the Football Content Awards um, final shortlist and and we got an awful lot of new listeners, new followers, some brilliant episodes. And, and we hope that by the end of 2024, we'll have a football club to be... Um, you know, to be passing comment on. Fingers crossed things pick up in terms of um, you know, off the off the field and, and um takeovers, etc. And fingers crossed we get a manager who is going to take this football club forward. But on that note, keep the faith, back the boys and never say die. We will see you in the next episode. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.